For Noah, it was pretty straightforward. Build an ark. When the time comes, get in it, and you will be safe. God tells us, eight people were saved, that is, eight souls of Noah's family in the ark were saved by water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. How does God rescue Noah? By the ark. And the water lifted him up in safety. How does God rescue us from his coming judgment to come? Baptism, Peter says, saves you. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock-solid hope in Jesus. November 29, 2020. 1 Peter 3, 18-22. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Imagine when a lot of you wake up in the morning, you look at the news, find out what's going on in the world, and there's one section of the news that really helps you prepare for what's to come, the weather section. Very likely, if you see, as you might hear in Arizona at this time of year, in this part of Arizona, if you see that there's a storm coming, maybe some snowfall, you can do things to prepare for it. You'll get your shovel out of the shed, maybe get your ice scraper ready for your car. Some things you can prepare for when you know they're coming. But I'm sure that the world was not prepared for the weather that came in the days of Noah, when the great flood came upon them. God was coming in judgment to his world and destroying it with that flood. There are some things you just can't prepare for. This Advent season, we'll be looking at God's coming. And we'll be looking at how we are prepared for his coming. So are you prepared? And how do you prepare for his coming? Maybe the better question to ask is, how does God prepare us for his coming? That's what we'll be looking at during these four Sundays in Advent, how God prepares us for his coming. And today, as we look at 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll see how God prepares us for his coming with his cleansing. Certainly, as you look at the events of the great flood, no one could have ever prepared. The flood that came on that world was God opening up the skies and the heavens poured rain for 40 days and nights. And it says the waters of the deep opened up and the world was covered with water. Even those who scrambled to the the highest peaks of the mountains could not survive. Their efforts would fail as they would find themselves screaming and crying out for help to no avail as the water even eventually covered the highest peaks of the world in that day. It was God coming in judgment. This was God's response to a world that had turned against him. But there was more to God's response to the world that had so opposed him. In God's great patience, he gave it time. And God spoke to a man named Noah. And he prepared Noah for the coming of that great judgment. God gave Noah direction And in that vessel which he had directed Noah to build, Noah was lifted up above the waters of the flood. God guided that vessel, the ark that Noah had built, that huge box. 
protected it, and kept it safe. This was God's mercy. This was God's plan of escape and rescue for Noah. This too was God's response to a world filled with those opposed to him. So how does God prepare us? Peter speaks of God's escape plan as he points to the Christ. We read in 1 Peter 3, starting at verse 18, Christ also suffered once for sins in our place, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, that we might be brought into the presence of our God and be able to stand before him. Christ suffered. This is really the heart and core of the Christian message, that Christ suffered for our sins in our place. In order that we might be prepared for the coming judgment, Christ came to take our place. You see, the coming of God once again to this world in judgment will not be with water to destroy as he did with the great flood. No, his coming again will be to destroy this world with fire. And so Christ suffered that wrath and that justice that this world deserved for our sins in our place. He is the the righteous, Christ the righteous, the innocent one, for the unrighteous, us, the guilty, the rebellious. Why? The ultimate result that he would bring us to God. By taking our place, Christ gave us rescue from the coming wrath. It continues, He was put to death in flesh, but made alive in spirit. Uh, This actually is sometimes mistranslated. For example, in your NIV Bible, it almost makes it sound like he was put to death by flesh and made alive by spirit. But really, the, the Greek expression here is saying he was put to death in flesh, or that is, in a state of humility, in a fleshly state, fleshly state, but was made alive in spirit. Not just that Jesus' spirit came alive, but in a glorified state. He was made alive. Spiritually, Jesus was now the God-man raised from the dead and exalted. And he's really comparing Jesus' time when he lowered himself and suffered in the flesh to the time when he took upon himself his glory once again. Also in the flesh, but now in glory. Now, this escape plan is sure because Jesus is in glory. He who lowered himself was also made alive. And by his exalted state, we know that we have a rescue which will stand in the flames of judgment. You know, when Noah was building the ark, you can be sure he received a lot of mocking and ridicule as he labored for what could have been up to 120 years of building that large wooden vessel. You mean to say that You need to build this ark? And Noah could say in confidence, no, God says I need this ark. And the world might continue to mock Noah and say that this is the way of rescue? This doesn't make any sense. But Noah was following God's design. Someone could also say that, well, Noah was rescued because he followed God's design. Noah and his household were safe because he worked hard. And because he was clever and he made a very good vessel. But no, God gave him the design for the ark. God closed the door to the ark. God protected that ark for over a year as it was surrounded by the waves and the rocks. God kept Noah and his family safe. God had a rescue plan. God, in mercy, 
save Noah by that means, that ark. What is our means? How do we receive this benefit that Christ won for us? How do we know that his taking our place is ours? God tells us the means by which we are to be rescued. For Noah, it was pretty straightforward. Build an ark. When the time comes, get in it, and you will be safe. God tells us, eight people were saved, that is, eight souls of Noah's family in the ark were saved by water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. How does God rescue Noah? By the ark. And the water lifted him up in safety. How does God rescue us from his coming judgment to come? Baptism, Peter says, saves you. Baptism, that is, the pouring on of water in the name of our triune God, saves us from the coming judgment. And Peter says here twice, baptism saves you. Baptism now saves you. And it's not simply the removal of dirt from the body, but the guarantee that is the full assurance of a good conscience before God. And the Lord sees us. That guarantee, the word there, is a legal claim. We have a legal claim and right to say we can stand in the judgment because we have been baptized. Baptism saves you. Now, just as Noah was mocked by the means that God chose to rescue him, you can be sure the world will scorn God's means today. You mean to say that you need baptism? Many will say. But the Christian can respond with full confidence. No, God tells me I need baptism. It's Jesus himself that said, unless you're born again of water and the spirit that is baptism, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You remain under the judgment. And Jesus gave instructions and said that disciples are to be made by baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Christian can say with full confidence, I need baptism. And the Christian can add with full confidence that they will stand in the judgment because, not because they've done it, but because God has washed them. Baptism is a pledge, a guarantee from God of a clean conscience, that we are cleansed of our sin, that when the fires of judgment come on this world, the waters of baptism protect us and keep us safe because of the guarantee and promise of God. Just as a Christian could argue, well, Noah was saved because he was clever for building the ark and missed the point. God's promise rescued them. It's the same with baptism. It's not because of the pouring of the water or the act of obedience, but the promise of God which faith trusts. And so the gospel declares, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And Peter says here twice in his letter, baptism saves you. How do we know and how do we have this assurance? It says here that Jesus, after he was made alive in glorified state, went and preached to the spirits who were in prison, the spirits who disobeyed long ago, He made an announcement to the spirits in prison. That is, after Jesus completed the work of suffering for our sins in our place, taking that fiery wrath of God off of us, he proclaimed his victory to those who died in the flood, to those who followed the devil throughout history, and he announced that he is triumphant, and those who trust in him will join him in victory. And so we can be assured, baptism is an assurance, a guarantee, of a good conscience, 
And the power does not come from us. Through the resurrection, it says, of Jesus Christ. As sure as Jesus lives, and he is our exalted Lord and will come again in glory, baptism saves us by the power of Christ in whom we have been baptized. Peter assures us, he went to heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. Neither the devil, nor demons, nor anyone can claim anything over Christ who says, all authority has been given to me. See, we could try all we want to prepare ourselves for the coming judgment. We could try to do everything, but it won't stand when God comes to judge this world. We can never do enough to prepare ourselves. And so God prepares us with the gift of the washing of water and the word and the power of his spirit and the working by the power of the resurrection, God gives us a good, clean conscience. And we will stand in the fiery judgments as he comes again because of the waters of baptism. We've been prepared. We are ready for his coming by the mercy of our God. You see, God's response to a world that had rebelled against him and turned aside from him. A world which is described as only evil and wickedness and the plans of the heart are only evil every day. But God's response will be judgment. He is patient, just as he was in the time of the flood. But that judgment will come. And yet we see his response is also by his mercy to provide his means of grace, his plan of rescue and escape. It includes believing and being baptized and rescued by the work of Christ who suffered once for sins in our place and is now exalted in glory. You've been prepared for his coming. We'll continue to look during these four Sundays in Advent at how God makes us prepared and ready for his coming. Until then, we say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to mankind on whom his favor rests. Amen.